Alex is a Vore enthusiast. How do you feel about that? I have no idea. <laughs> Ooh, you should look that one up. Vore? V-O-R-E, yeah. Listeners at home, please, Google along. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nope. Back to the Bad Gamecast. This is Jake. This is Alex. This is Jason. And this week we played Okami. Okami. HD. HD. What did we play it on? Uh, I played it on PC. Hey, so did I. Same. Oh, but it just came out for the Switch. Wait, which of us own Switches? No. Nope. No. Yeah, scroll for Nintendo. What's up, Nintendo? <laughs> um, have you seen their sales figures? They don't need us. No. Yo, Nintendo, send us a Switch. Three, if you don't mind. Yeah. And I want Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Mario Odyssey. I don't need any games. Just send me a Switch. <laughs> Hit me up. I just want the games. I don't even want the Switch. Well, maybe you guys could meet up and then you got yourselves a whole thing. Developed by Clover Studio and produced by Capcom. Released in 2006 in uh, Japan and North America. 2007 EU and Australia. And when did the HD edition come out? Audible <laughs> shrug. I don't know. Like last month? The original release... Was 06, the HD remake, uh, looking, looking... Within the last two was, years. It was out on the Wii. Yeah, they've released it a couple times. It was originally out on the PlayStation 2. Yep. Can't imagine playing this with a controller. I'm okay. sure it's fine. Yeah, I bet with a thumbstick it's not that bad. I like having the PC and the mouse controls, and I think touch controls would be even better. Yeah. Yes. Some of the fine like, trying to make stuff, I think... Stylus. The amount of times I failed to draw a circle, you know, or too many to count, because yeah. I had fucking shaky hand, like, no, why is it in fucking bringing the tree back to life? Oh, man, I get that. <laughs> It'd be like, I draw some weird gimpy half circle. Mm-hmm. I don't know how circles work. Or drawing the bombs. Because you need a circle and then a line. Yeah, right? Like, uh. I could make the weirdest looking <laughs> circle, but I could still manage to figure out that it's a Q. Like, I don't, mm. I never had any issue with that. Uh, it is a Q. So, other games released in 2006. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. favorite Sonic game. Um, Which one's that? The uh, Rise Shadow. Of <laughs> God, there's so many bad Sonic games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we covered games in 2006 in Sonic 06 and Bomberman Ag Zero because it was a fine year Ooh. for gaming. Jesus. How did uh, the game industry survive? Yeah, so other games that I haven't listed from those two previous entries, Dead Rising, Gears of War, and Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I probably played one of those. And Gears of War is questionable because I know we brought it up on another one, but I don't remember what. I think it was one of the more recent ones. So, why did we play Okami, though? Oh, right. Because Okami has got really, really great reviews. God, there's, there should be a section on this because it sold real poorly. Yeah, because here at the Bad Gamecast, we play games that either were received poorly critically or sold like shit. And this one falls under the latter category. Well, hang on. It sold 200,000 copies in North America, making it the 100th best-selling game of that year. Dang. Wow. 100th. Yeah, but coming up against Sonic 2006 and Bomberman Ag Zero, what choice did it have? It was gonna sell poorly. So wait, this came out the same year as Twilight Princess? Yep. That's funny. How similar the games are? Yeah. Yeah. Because Twilight Princess, you know, you play as Wolf Link like half the time. Yeah. You get to run around with sexy Midna. And I remember thinking when Nothing. I started Twilight Princess, when I got turned into the wolf, like I was, okay. the first thing I said was, I can hear you, was, <laughs> I really hope I'm not a wolf for the rest of this fucking game. Jake, do you think everything is sexy? Just Midna. She, not until the end. Nope. And, until uh, the end. It's an age thing. And, uh, yeah, so now this game, yeah, you, it's an you, age you, thing. you play as Jake. Wolf Link through the whole fucking game. <laughs> Midna's is a grown fucking woman. <laughs> she is the Twilight Princess. Yeah, I'm shitting. Fuck off. Spoiler alert. She's hundreds of years old. Ah. Midna or Zelda, who you got? Midna. I don't play any of the games, so I don't know uh, what they look like. Google it. She looks like a fucking gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll really get the joke, I guess. Midna. When she's, yeah, when she's underage the way jake prefers what what <laughs> <laughs> how did brain boy put it i'm into other weird shit <laughs> <laughs> so 
see. Yeah, he's got pictures of little Midna up on his uh, pussy ass computer there. <laughs> little Midna. Ah, <laughs> but then at the end of the game, the she fuck? becomes she becomes like an adult, and then it's fine. And I was trying to get her eyes out of him. I got nothing. He just kept plowing on. Consummate pro. So Kami. Oh Kami, you play as a wolf. Wolf Link. Wolf God. And you even have Navi following you around in this one too. Hey, it's Isun. And the wolf's name is Amaterasu. Yep. Let me just speak quietly into the mic. Like this is NPR. This week on the Bad Gamecast, we're talking about Okami. All right. With me as always, Jason, Alex. <laughs> yeah, so the game opens up with the... Uh... Oh, man, it's unskippable the first time, right? I don't yeah. know. No, couldn't skip it. Yep. The opening narration where you get the legend of... Oh, shit, what is it? Shiranoi? I have it written down. Mm. Who cares? It's 20 minutes that you can't skip. Why? Horrible. Why? I liked it. No. Not okay. It's not how you start a game. Exposition dump? That is how you start games. No. Give your players control of their character. So you get the legend of Orochi, the eight-headed dragon claiming a maiden out of... Uh, village was it Kamiki Village? Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, you get the legend of Orochi claiming a maiden out of the village, and then the wolf. Uh, I should have looked at it when I was glancing at this page instead of spacing off. Shiranui, I was right. Shiranui and Nagi going off to defeat Orochi. Yep, you're right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so the game takes place a hundred years after that. Yeah, you've been sleeping the whole time. Yeah, the town erected a statue to Nagi, the hero that slayed Orochi, and Shiranui, the white wolf that assisted him. Uh, there's too many names. Yeah, uh, instead of taking a deep dive into the story because it's pretty fucking dense, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to blow through this fairly quickly, and I'm not going to go through everyone's names. So if I miss something and you're a hardcore fan of this game, I get it. We're just going to go through it. So if you have anything to add as I'm going through this, Alex, Jason, please feel free to hop in. Yeah, it's not going to be a full synopsis. Let's just do a summary. Anyway, a hundred years later, somebody steals a sword that was keeping Orochi's spirit at bay and sets him loose again. You later find that out was uh, Suzano. Everything okay on your computer there? I don't know, is it? Robot voice activated. Well, as long as Jason isn't letting the bees loose. I've got a new containment system. It's fine. Do you? Mm -hmm. I wondered what the glowy bits were, but eh, I don't want to press it. Mm, Yep. (laughs) Good talk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, with the uh, sword that was keeping the demon at bay, uh, darkness is set loose upon the land. The statue of Shiranui is inhabited by the god Amaterasu. Is that at the behest of uh, the tree spirit? The main playable character is the the god of gods yeah the uh, spirit of all things that is good and mother to us all Amaterasu that's a lot of responsibility to play that role yeah but she's pretty ballin yeah she is it a female yep okay mother to us all oh yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) well hey I've seen uh, I've seen Junior so they can do some freaky shit fuck fair play (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger pregnant yeah male baboons give birth all the time right probably uh, okay. <laughs> That's how it works. I'm glad you just went with him on that one. <laughs> anyway, the uh, wolf statue comes alive at the behest of the tree spirit Sakuya, who has what? What do you would you describe him as? He's a sprite. Uh, they're called a ponkle. He's like a little inch tall guy. Yeah. Uh, just hanging out between her tits. I hate him. Yep. I did, but we'll get to where I didn't. Okay. Cool. Okay. Go. Yeah. Action. Yeah, anyway, uh, the tree spirit says she's able to keep the darkness at bay in the village, but she's weakening. Please go out and help her. She's got little uh, tree saplings out that is uh, the source of her power. You need to go out and rejuvenate them. I like doing that. I did too. And that a sense of a achievement. Like, hey, you know, we're making a difference. Yeah, when you get to a new area, uh, this is really where you start to get into the exploration and like the playable map is covered in darkness and as you go along you clear out bits of it it was really satisfying yeah just real easy to get lost it's like i felt like i was always lost so uh as the god amaterasu 
you lost most of your powers in the uh, 100-year nap when you were trapped in a statue or whatever. Uh, so your job is to go out, clear the darkness, figure out what's up with Orochi, and get your celestial brush powers back. Isun, hopping out of the tits of the tree spirit, decides he's going with you so that he can learn the 13 celestial brush techniques to become a better artist, because he's a wandering artist, I guess. Your first steps to restore Sakura's power and make saplings grow is you travel to... It's really just around Japan without going in too deep to it. There's a bunch of different maps. Anything to add here? Is it really based on Japan? Are there actual locations or is it just this is where we are and there's Japanese theme so we're assuming it's Japan? Well, uh, as I'm not too familiar with what the capital city of Japan used to be called in... Pick a feudal era. Uh, Probably besides, Kyoto. Uh, Kyoto. Yeah. yeah, because the capital here is Seon City. But they refer to the island and uh, what's Japan archipelago as Nippon, which is Japan in Japanese. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't catch that. Yep. So uh, you go around clearing out the darkness, finding the saplings. You make your way to Kusa Village with Princess, I assume it's Fuse. And the K9 Warriors, uh, one of the few shoutouts I'm going to have for a character. Only because you go through the Gale Shrine, but you need to collect all of the K9 Warriors and their orbs of power to get in to break the seal of the demon head. They were a pain in the ass to find. They for me. could be. Yeah. And in order to get them, you have to give them meat. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers. Well, I, bought, I, I looked it up, so I bought a few. Because I was like, I'm not wandering around looking for these things. So I saw that there were five, so I bought five. And then you don't actually... Need to give meat to all five? Uh, that's what I did. Fifth one, you fight. It's the one dog that has the cut eye. The badass one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you fight back at the village, and then the prince is all like, what are you fighting? And then Isten's like, no, nah, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, as soon as she turns her back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fuck ton of stuff to feed the animals that you find along the way. Yeah. Well, they're pickups. Also, like you don't have to buy them. Yeah, I, I just bought them because money is damn near useless in here. And by the way, the whole feeding the animals thing I thought was really cool because you get experience points towards unlocking new skills. Mm-hmm. Or not new skills, but like uh, upgrading your health. Power-ups, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for the longest time, though, I'm like, why the fuck does it take so long? Because I feed the animal and then there's like a 30-minute cutscene of you doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it <laughs> takes forever. But then I found out if you just hit F1, you can skip it. Yeah, uh, I, we all played it on a keyboard. Yeah, yeah you just hit F1, you can skip that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until like today. Did you know about the uh, minimap you can pull up? V? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way I looked at the map. I didn't go through the fucking pause menu. Oh, really? That's too cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, so after traveling around, bullshit, bullshit, you find Orochi, you fight him with the assistance of Suzano, Nagi's descendant, who killed Orochi a hundred years ago. After you kill him, though, a great big black cloud comes out and floats off towards the north, which is suspicious, but no one really questions it. At that point, you move on. Now, there's still evil all over Japan, and Amaterasu and Isun head off because they still need more celestial bruck brush strokes, excuse me, to get Amaterasu's power all the way back up. They make their way to the capital, the previously mentioned Seon City, which is covered in this uh, miasma. Did you spend a lot of time in the city? Did I? Yeah. Not really, because my goal was to get through this as quickly as I could. Nah. So I kind of stopped doing side, equ- side quests right around when you had to look for those dogs. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of just, let me get my shit and get out. So no, not really. Yeah, because there is a fucking ton of side quests and there is and i was actually really surprised to see the amount of content in this game yeah like i i said it's dense man it is there is a lot you can do so did it you, turns out uh, oh i'm sorry how far did you get in this game not very far yeah. i found the game excruciating wow okay boring or yeah okay cool i'm interested to hear what he thinks of the game i mean i know what he thinks but i mean we've talked about it yeah i try not to until yeah, we yeah. come here to Continue, let's get through the story. Uh, so the city's covered in a poison. It turns out that the poison is emanating from the emperor, which you use the lucky mallet to shrink down and go into his stomach where there's a little demon in there. Isn't that a movie? Yes. Fantastic it's Voyage? Magic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a Magic School Bus episode. Probably. It is also that, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that. That's the one where they shrink the people down and they're in like a little submarine, right? Yeah. It's, uh, is Martin Short in that? I thought it was older than that. I was thinking something from the 1960s. I know what I said. 
Oh, I don't know how old Martin Short is. I don't think he's in that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's 50 years ago. Anyway, you uh, go through. Oh, fun fact. While you're in there, Jesus. While you are inhabiting the body of the Emperor, you um, shuffle your way over and release an alien woman who is locked up in jail. This game's trippy. Yeah, there's some parts <laughs> that get real fucking weird. <laughs> that whole scene with the uh, when you take her back to the rocket ship. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening? They go from the city to the coast, which is being plagued by a water dragon. You... Gyarados. Yep, it is being plagued by Gyarados. <laughs> Amaterasu and Isun find their way to the dragon palace to find out that the water dragon is actually the king of the dragon palace. And the only way to stop him is to pull the dragon orb that's out of inside of him. The reason he's attacking people is because he was driven mad after the forces of evil collectively attacked the Dragon Palace, and he was injured in the assault, and now he's fucking apeshit crazy and attacks anything that moves out on the water. Uh, if you're wondering, removing the Dragon Crystal from him does in fact kill him. A good time is had by all. Hmm. Browsing through notes here, let's see where I'm at. Uh, right, you have to go through that bullshit, there's some fun on a sunken ship, uh, demon kills literally fucking everybody, and you make your way to Oni Island. At Oni Island, you have to get the... Well, you're on the sucking ship. You get the Nine Tails. Uh, I forget what they call them. It doesn't matter. You make your way to Oni Island where you kill the demon at the top of the castle. Uh, once again, its spirit floats off towards the north. At this point, uh, Amaterasu and Isun realize they need to head up north and see where all this evil's headed off to, which takes you to the village of Wapkir. Everyone in this village, it's all, uh, it's an island up north, it's all snowy, everyone everywhere says this is where all the evil in the world comes from. Everyone knows Isun. This is where the Ponkel village is located. I mean, not in that village, but in the area. You go from there to the twin volcanoes, which are currently dormant, to fight the two demons that are up there, which are making a blizzard, which is absolutely going to freeze over the village. After you murder them, it's at this point the Ark of Yamato rises out of the lake, right? Uh, you're beyond me at this point. Uh, okay. So, the Ark of Yamato, if you're wondering, is a giant steel ship that fell out of the sky. It's where all of the demons come from. Space demons. There's a long backstory about how the Moon Tribe, as they call it, built an ark for the celestial plane so they could travel back and forth, I believe. But unbeknownst to everybody, it was filled with demons. While they were traveling, the demons tried to kill all of the celestial people that were on board. It crashed Earth. It's stuck in this frozen lake. It's where all the evil people are coming from. It's also where the prince of all evil, Yami, is currently living. Bum, bum, bum. Final boss! Damn. The end of this game sounds really interesting. Let's finish this and I'll tell you my thoughts on it. So, the Ark of Yamato, as you're traveling up to it, you get this cool rainbow bridge that uh, Amaterasu is just walking up, Isun riding on her face as he normally does. At this point in the game, you've collected all 13 celestial brushstrokes, which is all Isun was ever in it for. Mm. Uh, at the Ponkel village, you learn about celestial envoys, which the Ponkels are the voice of the gods. Because the gods can't directly talk to people, the little Ponkel sprites do the talking for them, which is true for the game because Isun never shuts the fuck up. And Amaterasu never actually talks to anybody. Isun does. And you just read. And he kind of interprets what Amaterasu is saying. At this point, um, you go to board the ship and Isun's like, Yeah, we've got all the brushstrokes. I'm out now. I mean, uh, this is hmm. endgame shit. You know, like it's a uh, sad uh, Waka, the guy that I've never mentioned up till now. The uh, half-baked prophet is giving Isun a bunch of shit. How like, yeah, you know what? You're not worth getting on here. You're not going to make it to heaven. You can go fuck yourself. And Isun's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to jump on this ship. Goes to jump through it. Uh, there's a force field. He gets blown off the side and straight down to the icy waters of the lake below. Amaterasu looks over the side like, Isun, like, come on, my dude. What are we doing? And then the uh, door closes. And so it's the first time in the game Amaterasu's on her own. Hmm. Wow. That kind of sucked, because, like, I didn't like Isun, but, like, he was there the whole time. This part of the game is a boss rush. Oh, no. Yep, you have to fight five bosses, and then the final boss. Uh, they're, like, you do them one at a time, checkpoints in between, as far as boss rushes go. Could be worse. Yeah, sure. Mega boss Anarch rush seven. boss rush, yeah. <laughs> so, you have to do this boss rush without your uh, partner, Isun? Yep. Wow. Including the final boss? Yep. 
Well, sort of. Continue. The bosses that you fight in order from left to right are Ninetales again, Crimson Helm, which was the Gale Shrine boss, the mm-hmm. Spider Queen, which I didn't even bother to mention because it's <sighs> not worth mentioning. So piss easy. Yeah. I love killing the Spider Queen. Uh, Orochi, a fucking Gen, and Blight, which was the demon in the Emperor. Now, at this point, depending on how much side questing and money that you earn, you've got probably all the best weapons and all the upgrades. Mm-hmm. All of these bosses are not worth the time that it takes to beat them. Because like the Spider Queen, that bitch drops quick. Yeah. Especially when you hit as hard as the fucking sun. Oh my god. Damn. Fucking nine tails down like a bitch. Crimson Helm takes a while just because of how the fight works, but it's really like three hits and they drop. Intriguing. It's satisfying, but also feels like a waste of 15 minutes, as that's how long it takes you to get through all fucking five of them, no. including the fucking cutscenes as they show up. So after you get through them, you have the final boss fight, Yami. Yami, Prince of Darkness, is a foot long dolphin in a glass ball. Terrifying. <laughs> really? Seriously. <laughs> Hang on. Hold I need, up. I need to look this up. Please do. <laughs> Listeners at home, seriously look this up. Yeah, viewers, please uh, Google along. God damn it. <laughs> with uh, Yami on Okami. So it is the final boss? Yep. Yeah. Now, the boss fight is in three stages. Right, let me see this, if you can. Uh, Yami himself is in this giant mechanical sphere. Yeah. Okay. Yami itself is fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. The vehicle that he's in and that he fucks your shit up with isn't bad. Uh, the boss fight itself in three stages constantly mixes it up. It's not that bad. When the fight starts, he steals all of your god powers. Of course. Yeah, so when you start off, you have no, you don't even have your god form. You're just regular white wolf. You can't. You don't have a weapon. Do they use it against you? Yeah. You have a weapon. You can, like, what? Do the, like, thrust, hit him with the shoulder, and, like, the little backflip kick thing that you do. That's it. And then as you do damage to him, you get your celestial powers back. Well, that's cool. Uh, I think it's the third part of the boss fight. Yami takes all your powers again, and then you keep hearing Isun's voice, like, make fun of you like he's been doing the whole game, because Isun's a fucking dick. And then you get this cut to Isun just throwing out drawings of Amaterasu all over. And then you get this cut of all of the people that you've met through the game, which is a fucking lot, all start to pray to Amaterasu. Oh, shit. Yeah. Charging that spirit uh, bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Egg fuck exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You go from a fuck all useless uh, regular wolf to, hey, you're a fucking god again because all these people are praying, and it's awesome. Sounds awesome. This is really fucking good. So, yeah, that's the end. You uh, kill Yami, because of course you do. Uh, Yami fucks off back to hell or wherever. You and the uh, half-baked prophet Waka take the celestial arc back to the heavenly plains, and Isun is back on Earth spreading the good word about Amaterasu. And then you get the uh, endgame roll of, like, they didn't really give you a final score, but depending on all the shit you did in the game, you get a bunch of what amounts to New Game Plus bonus content. Uh, You get a kick-ass scroll of all the monsters in the game. In the, like, traditional Japanese art style. Oh, I love those. Those are fucking sweet. Yeah. They look really cool. Yeah. All the little, like, cutouts you get the first time you see a monster, you mm. get a giant scroll of all of them. The spider bitch. Hers was really creepy. Yeah, Her is. drawing. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's the game as quick as we could possibly go, I think. That was pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. Good job. I'm pleased. So I wanted to say about the art style, as we haven't covered it. I mean, we haven't covered anything but the story, but... We haven't covered anything. Right. So, yes... Art style. Because it's very stylistic. Yeah, it is. I know it's supposed to be this ancient Japanese type styling to, like, everything. Yeah, it's clearly modeled after Japanese classical paintings. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I fucking love the style. It's okay. Sometimes, like, the drawings are great. We mentioned those. But yes. Sometimes the art style when you're in game, it would just remind me too much of something like Wind Waker. Um, it, 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 it is pretty cartoony. It's, yeah. it's self shaded, right? Isn't that the term or the technique, I guess, for how these games are made? Uh, maybe. I don't know if it was or not. Is it self shaded? Don't know. It. 
I get what you're saying, because, yeah, it's I like the art direction, and uh, the drawings are great, mm. but sometimes in-game it feels a bit weird. Like, I would have liked it to be actually more traditional-style looking. Yeah, I agree but with that. I think there's obviously issues with the, you know, when it was developed for the PS2. Like, I think you could do that more now, although it would take a lot more time, so I'm not sure they would bother. Yeah, that's my chief complaint with the graphics as a whole is the draw distance, but it was a PS2 game. It's mm. PS2 draw distance. You'd think that problem would go away with an HD remake. Yeah, that is what's weird. And actually, I did double check. The PC version did only come out last year. Okay. So I don't I don't think the draw distance should be an issue. It shouldn't. Like, if they were really updating it, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be an issue. Because how is this... Like, I, I would be curious to see how this game looks compared to the, the PS2 and the Wii versions. It's very different. So it is an improvement? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, because I was looking at side-by-side stills of yeah. the original versus PC. PC looks a lot better. Not that it looked bad on PS2, but it is markedly different on PC. Did your games always load in windowed mode? Yes. No. Mine did. That was annoying as fuck. I didn't have that. I had it a couple times where do that, but it was usually because I had a couple things open. For whatever reason, it would decide to open in Windows. Uh, my chief issue with like the main menu is that you had to back out to the main menu before you could actually quit the game, which is real fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a bad design choice. Because what would happen is that I would play the game and like you know go off and do something else, or just leave it you know leave it on overnight or some shit, and you know computer falls asleep. And when I would turn it back on the next day, it would go from full screen to windowed mode. Like, it would just change back. And I wouldn't be able to change it from windowed to full screen unless I quit out to the main menu and change that setting all over again. Huh. Because I typically don't play in windowed mode. You know, if I'm... Like, I, I want to see, you know, the whole yeah. thing. So, it was just really annoying to me. Like it's just, That was weird. Why are those settings only available from the main menu? Like the title screen. That was definitely like some of the options were available in game in the start menu, but some were not. And a very, a bunch of kind of weird quality of life type things like that, where as you said, Jake, you to quit the game, you would pause it, exit to main menu. And then there's actually a cutscene that plays before you get to the menu, which you can skip, mm-hmm. but it still loads that cutscene and starts playing yep. every time. Yeah, it does. And then you skip the cutscene, go into the menu and then hit quit game. At that point, I just I'm just gonna close the window. I'm just yeah, gonna, like why why is it so convoluted? Yeah, why generally I would save it and then just alt f four right out of it. Yep. So did you guys, uh, Jason? Given the time that you put into it and how often you listen to music, anyway, uh, Alex, how do you feel about the music? Annoying. You think uh, so? Repetitive. <laughs> yeah. Here's um, what. it adds nothing. It gets stuck. It got stuck in my head, and I didn't like it. Um. So, yeah, I ended up turning background music down. I had background music down, everything else turned up, and then just music playing. And then, like, the voices, if you're going to go, you know, through the sound category, I guess, kind of reminds me of, like, Banjo-Kazooie. No one actually speaks. They just, you know, make noises. I hated that. Yeah. (laughs) I, as much as I usually, I don't play many games with sound on. We have covered this. (laughs) I couldn't play this game with the sound on. Yeah, I actually hated the sound of the people speaking. Mm-hmm. I severely disliked the sound of the brush stroke. Every time you press control to go into that mode, it, it plays that stupid sound or jingle, whatever it is, and it just it's still in my head to this moment. So I like actively disliked the sound. Yeah. So I had to play with it off. Oh my god, I would have been driven crazy if I played with it on. See, I am Jesus, the exact opposite. I really like the music. Now, I couldn't tell you a single track that sticks out in my mind, but that's because I found the music fitting so well with the art direction and tonally with what was happening in the game. I have a hard time divorcing those two. I thought it sounded really good. It fit, I guess you could say, but I just didn't find it pleasant to listen to. It aggravated me and it was annoying, so... Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it fit the tone and all that good stuff. Like Just like in Zelda, when you open the treasure chest, you get the little... Yeah, it's, yeah. it almost sounds just like it, too. What's so, next? So we want to talk about, I don't know, actual gameplay? That was like... Uh, how do you fight like the battle? I thought the battle system was pretty interesting, if you want to talk about that. 
I liked the combat and the um, you have one. Okay, the... so I obviously got not super far into the game. Does the combat actually ever get difficult? No. There are some enemies, like maybe the first time you fight them, they can give you a challenge. But once you figure out the gimmick, then that's that. Because I was somewhere between five and six hours in the game, which includes the fact that I skipped every cutscene. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I hated how slow people talked. Actually trying to read through everything with how slow it put the words on the screen angered me. So I just would skip cutscenes. I get that, but I would just like tap something and then the words would just pop up and I could read them. Yeah, you could click the left mouse to bring the whole text up or hold the right mouse to automatically scroll. But you couldn't do that through cutscenes if you hadn't seen it before. Yeah. So through the time I played, uh, I think I took damage once. Yeah, in the beginning, it's like you're you know, untouchable. Everything's a joke. Yeah, the enemies get harder in that they just have more life. And Alex, like you had said, the first time that you see something and you're not sure exactly how to hit it can be tricky, I guess. But yeah, as soon as you figure it out, it's, it's piss easy. Even the boss fights. The bosses are exactly the same. Yep. You know, it's maybe, maybe I would lose the first time. Even then, it was pretty rare. But it's like, as soon as I figure out the strategy, it's like, okay, you're done. Yeah. I, of the bosses, uh, Crimson Helm gave me, I would say, the most trouble, but it took me the longest, only because I couldn't figure out how to actually hit him. Mm. And you just have to, like, piss him off till he goes all fiery, and then you use the wind power to blow his fire out, and then you can just lay into him. It's like, it's not, n- none of the combat is complicated. I will say, at first, I found the arenas, when you do the combat, frustratingly small. Like, until you start actually moving around in it, because you've got plenty of fucking space. It just looks smaller than it is. Yeah. I, I found. <clears throat> who is the guy who randomly shows up a few times, but he's an ally of yours? He's, Waka. That's the dude he's got. He always speaks French, sort of. Yeah. The half-baked prophet Waka. Yeah. So, his arena was the first time I thought what you had just mentioned. I was like, it feels like it's really cramped, but once you kind of start moving around, it feels like it opens up. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But, because to beat him, I just kept my distance and attacked him from long range. See, I just rush him and then knock the fuck out of him. Oh. Play styles for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's almost like random encounters, sort of. Kind of. Uh, They're visible on the map, usually. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You can see them coming, but you don't know what the monsters are. Yeah. It's kind of like how Persona does it, if you've ever played a Persona game. Yeah. Is it? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, you get, you run into the battle, or the battle hits you, whatever, and then you have some amount of enemies that you didn't know what was about to happen show up. Yeah, yeah. because on the overworld map, you've just got this, like, large floating scroll, yep. and then when you touch it, or it touches you, the battle starts. There are also hell gates. Yeah, the hell gates. Yeah. You can always run from battle. Yep. I didn't know that. At full tilt, even at the end game, because as you go through the game, the scrolls move faster and faster towards you, you can always outrun them. Oh, you're just outrunning? I thought you meant no, like once the battle, battle starts. You can just leave? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you attack the barrier, you can break it and run out. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yep. Wow. I never once did that. Meh. Coward. I wanted the items and the money. I don't know. It told me I could, so I decided to try it. Yeah. And I know you got bonus money if you did it faster, like if you finish the battle faster. Yeah, the more damage that you deal and the faster that you do it, you get potential bonus cash. Yeah. Which is laughable. It took me a few hours to really get into this game um, Mm -hmm. because up front there's a lot of exposition dump and it's slow. There's a a lot of story and I liked it, but it was tough to like, yeah, well, I guess I'm going to sit down and read for a few more hours. (sighs) I fell asleep more than once playing this game. Because of that. Once you get to where you can actually move around and explore on your own, and once you start being able to access the upgrades, the uh, training guy who gives you the upgrades, although that minigame is his own little thing, and then you start getting more praise, which is how you get your power-ups, it really opened up for me. Uh, And then you get access to different weapons, and then you can mix that up and then upgrade the weapons and, like, it took me a good 10, 12 hours before like I was hooked on the game, and then like I would sit down, and I was excited to play more of it. Oh, man. That moment never came for me, like where I was hooked. 
But I'm, I'm with you. Those first, maybe that first hour or 90 minutes is, uh, you better get some coffee because it, it's, it's hard to get through. But the game gets more fun, the more shit you unlock, like the more powers and things like that. But I was never, I never had that moment where it's like, oh shit, I can't wait to go home and play Okami. I didn't get there. No. <laughs> Every time I was like, I don't want to play Okami. So, uh, I guess that's, you know, kind of the overview of the gameplay that um, a lot of people compare it to Zelda. Oh, yeah. In its gameplay, which, surprise, as I've made note of in the past, I don't, I've played one of, didn't particularly like, and never bothered to play anymore. So, uh, the fact that I don't like Okami, I think kind of stems from I don't particularly like that kind of game. So, what would you classify this game as? What kind of genre would you pick? Definitely an adventure game. Um, yeah, RPG a little bit. I would say action adventure, right? Bit, yeah, yeah, but it's more action adventure mm. with minor puzzle elements. <laughs> puzzles. <laughs> I, I didn't think any of the puzzles were too bad. No. Uh, even with the dungeon crawling and some of the platforming that you do. Boy, you know, it was a real frustrating. It just reminded me of trying to roll the balls around. Like if yeah. you ever had to put like a ball into one of the switches in the ground, yep, I could not get those things to go for the life of me. Especially if I had to push it up a hill, yeah, forget oh, about it. Controlling, yeah, things like that. And I do not particularly like this kind of game. So take a lot of my <laughs> dislike of the gameplay is kind of just a probably. I mean, if you like Zelda, you'll probably like this game a lot more than I did. It's Twilight Princess if you're Wolf Link the whole time. That that is what this game is. Except that you have the uh, how did they put it? Power of the gods. <laughs> Where's how the many fucking notes did I take? Too many. Jesus. Oh right, you have the power to control the fabric of space. Whoa. But not time. No, just space. Just space. That would have been extra. <laughs> It's DLC. Yeah, it's DLC. <laughs> DLC. <laughs> cool. Is that the end? Mostly. I don't know if there's anything particular you want to talk about uh, other than recommending this game. If you want to do that now. Yeah, uh, I can elaborate on some of the stuff we've already talked about, but what's the point? Uh, Jason, I agree with you. If you like those action-adventure Zelda games, this is right up your alley. There's no reason not to play this. I personally think that it looks really good i like the music the gameplay it took me about halfway through the game before like i really liked the story i hated one of the main characters until the very end and then it turns around just the way that it plays out is really satisfying i'm thinking about playing it again with some of the modifiers that you get for the new game content just to do it hmm. also without the uh time constraint of having to record that'll be nice yeah. Yeah, if you like uh, action adventure games, play Okami. Alex? Yeah, I mean that's that's the easy answer. Um it plays like Zelda if you like Zelda. You're going to at least have some kind of interest in this, but if you like Zelda, I think you should just play Zelda cuz th- this feels like a stripped down version of that. Like I don't think there's anything really wrong with this game. You know, it's got some warts and it can be boring in some parts, but overall it's it's a decent game. But it's not as good as some of those Legend of Zelda games. So it's hard for me to say. Like, it's it's a decent action-adventure with some platforming and then lots of Japanese stylization to it. So it, it's fine. I, I can't... I don't know specifically who I would recommend this to. Maybe if you just really got to get your Legend of Zelda fix and you've exhausted everything else, this, is, this would be something kind of unique and out there for you to try. So, yeah, I, I'd go with that. I, yeah, I think that's like, if you like Legend of Zelda and you've played all the Zelda games and you haven't played this, probably try it. I don't know, because I can't really recommend it to you because I didn't like it. Uh, I am bothered by any game that I'm told gets interesting because it starts out so slowly. Yeah. I The first... I, w- I was about to say the first half hour of this game made me want to stop playing this game, but you don't play anything in the first half hour of this game because it's just talking at you. Uh, it, it, it took <laughs> me about a week to get through the first two hours of this. Yeah. It's so slow, and I hate that yep. at the beginning. Like, it 
was a slog. Is that it? That's that's me. <laughs> I I'm not gonna actually recommend this game. As if you want to play it, obviously people like this game. Lots of people like this game. So it's true. Yeah, it has really high ratings. People like this game. So if you think it's up your alley, give it a try. But uh, I didn't particularly like it. So if you think you're gonna like it, yeah, you're, you're gonna like it. <laughs> it certainly helps. Which is kind of funny because I was hoping to like it because it's you know one of the few games we've had that has played that has really good reviews mm-hmm. and then I just didn't like it which is funny I say I didn't like it I still liked it way more than most of the games we played true true <laughs> well and this and uh, Grim Fandango I think are the only two games we've played that are supposed to be good right the ones that yeah. got good reviews but didn't sell everything yes. else has just been shit kind of. Final Fantasy thirteen, yeah, that's actually great, has yeah. both good reviews and good sales, but is a trash game. So you know what? Get wrecked, Final Fantasy fans. <laughs> yeah, you know, putting Final Fantasy on it, it's kind of like Call of Duty. You know, <laughs> Call of Duty is always going to sell, and it, it, you always get those IGNs who's going to give them like a nine out of ten. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's like, dude, but it's They're Call totally of Duty. Not paid for that good review, right? Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, I think Final Fantasy is kind of the same way. Yeah, it's it's the definite outlier for us in our criteria, mm-hmm. but man, did I enjoy none of that game. God, no. Final Fantasy? Yeah, the oh, hallway yeah. simulator? I can't. That's not even why I hated that game. <laughs> oh, but, but that's, we already went over that. Let's yeah, talk. we did. Go back, <laughs> listen to that episode, come back. Yeah, fuck that game. Fuck Final <laughs> Fantasy Thirteen. Fuck everything about on, it. On the, uh, the Okami podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're the two worlds cast. Get it right. No. <laughs> you know, I'm actually torn. I might have liked two worlds more than this game. I can't say that. Two okay. worlds offends me. I like two worlds, but I really like Okami. I don't know. <laughs> Verily. I, I, Forsooth. <laughs> Forsooth. <laughs> cool. Cool, Great. cool. Cool. Oh, crap. We forgot to talk about this uh, before we started recording. We were going to talk about doing a giveaway. Oh, yeah. For our one year, Mark. Well, I mean, uh, you're editing this one, right? Yeah. This one cut it out. Right. Or you could just tease a giveaway, and then we'll have more details on the next episode. Yeah, we I mean, we should be able to give more details next time as we figure out what the hell we're actually doing, because we don't even know. Uh, <laughs> what if no one enters for the giveaway? Oh, uh, well, you know. If nothing else, I can harass my siblings into entering. Oh, free shit. Some asshole's going to want in on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's zero dollars. So we'll just tease that. Yeah. Giveaway coming. Woo! All right. So then listener questions. Yeah, yeah. Because we have lots of listeners who send us great questions. We don't We don't have listeners that send us questions. <laughs> I do have a, a question, though, I want to ask you guys. I thought of one while we were recording just now. Oh, okay. So, I, there's an extra question over here. Yeah, I have one that I looked up. Well, there's this question that was sent to us. So you got one, I got one, he's got one. Sure. So let's do it. All right, well, this question... Say it. No, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) This this question from a super secret listener. says, hi, guys. First time, long time, with horrible punctuation. There's, like, commas everywhere. Like, this is a disaster. My question for the podcast is, colon, which... (laughs) Which one gaming business practice that you each hate that most? Hold on, hold on, hold on. And why? Can we, can we go back? Can we go back? I can't fucking understand you. What's the question? Don't what laugh game? over it. I was just reading what was on here. Well, go again. Verbatim. Verbatim. Okay. With the punctuation. I don't need that. I just need to know what the question is. What one gaming business practice do you each hate the most? Okay. HD remakes. He hates HD remakes. <laughs> I, huh, I got this. Uh, what do you got? DLC content for stuff that should have been added to the game in the first place. Ooh, like what? Recently, The Crew Two, which was released as half a game. What do you mean by that? Uh, there's no multiplayer in The Crew Two, which that's probably not going to be DLC. They're just waiting to add it. Hmm. But it's also a dead world. Maybe that's not the best example, as they're waiting for stuff to roll out because Ubisoft doesn't know how driving works. Hey, Ubisoft. Uh, no, what was the game recently? Recently, I say. I it was last year, two years ago. That had DLC, but it was actually on the disc. You just had to unlock it. Was it Street Fighter Five? I don't remember. I think I remember that I game getting so. a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. which is ridiculous. Well, and that's Capcom's MO. 
Yeah. They do that a lot. Like, that is a ridiculous idea mm-hmm. that they actually had enough time to test and make it so that it's actually on disc, but they lock it behind a paywall because they want more money. For something that you've already paid for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with game reviews. As we've talked about, I, they're useless. All the big, like, IGNs and stuff, everything gets 8 and 9s out of 10. 10 out of 10. Best game of the year. What's this game? I don't know. Call of Duty, whatever the fuck. Who cares? <laughs> they're, not, they're not reviews. The one that still pisses me off to this day is IGN giving Grand Theft Auto 4 a 10 out of 10. Nothing is going to irritate me more than Game Informer. Oh, yeah. Thinking that 7, seven. or 8 out of 10 is worth uh, 3 out of 5. Or I forget how the fuck they put it. Yeah. Well, 7 is... They call 7 average. Isn't that how it yeah, goes? Yeah, no, that was it. It was, uh, if a game is 2.5 out of 5, then it's worth, what, a 7 or an 8? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's, get, that's not how average works. Because they said 7 or 8 was average, but I've never seen them give anything less than 8. And I've played a lot of below average games. Mainly for this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. But they still are like, nah, this one's not that bad. It is that bad. You can give something a 2 out of the 10 if it deserves it. Yeah. And, you know, the big papers don't. They're trying to be the fastest. And so most of the mm-hmm. time they don't even, like, come anywhere near beating the game. They play a fir- the first little bit and then try to pump the review out, like, as soon as possible. And, you know, if you don't get favorable reviews, then you don't get early access copies and if you don't get early access copies you can't have day one reviews and then if you don't have day one reviews you don't get the views and clicks yeah you see this all the time especially now and i I hate when there's a game where i think you you can't form an opinion on it until you give it a certain amount of time now like it's hard because the example i want to use is a game we're actually i think going to play um but there's just some games where it's like yeah you you sit there for two hours and you call it a call it a day and then type up your, you know, your three page review and you trash it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, like, I guess if you want to say Okami, for example, like if you only play this game for three or four hours, you're going to hate it. But if you give it the time and you unlock all the shit and you invest yourself into the story and you, you know, do all that, yeah, actually play the game, you might like Okami. I think so, so. Your opinion can change based on the amount of time you put into a review. Yeah, I mean, if, if Jake, you would review the first hour of Okami, would you give it a passing grade? No. Yeah, that's 100% it. The first hour of Okami is... Cutscene, first of all. <laughs> most of it's a cutscene, and then it's just like hand-holdingly excruciating. Yep. It gets better. And I'm sure it gets even better, because I've listened to you describe it. I'm sure it gets better and better as you unlock stuff and get more kind of interesting side quests and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Again, I didn't make it that far, and I didn't care to. But if you were just trying to pump out a quick review, you'd think the game is complete trash. It really comes down to more of an industry problem, where it's just people trying to pump something out as fast as possible for, like you said, clicks and views and whatnot. Gotta get trending, bro. But it's also tough for a publication to have enough people on staff that they can cover literally everything for all the time that it needs. You gotta find some middle ground somewhere, and that's the cut you gotta make. Uh, And and I'm not fighting for that, because I think it's bullshit. Because we don't do anything that just came out. And uh, even when we did Metal Gear Survive... It had been out for a few months before we actually sat down and played it. But we sat down and played it. 50 some odd hours. Yeah, we did. Well, I mean, you know I'm working on a Madden review. Yeah. And Madden's been out, what, three weeks, I think now? So, you know, I'm putting time into actually playing the game and really just diving deep into it. So, uh, of course, I can make a review day one and say, oh, yeah, it's Madden, 7 out of 10. I'll give a real answer to that question. One thing I hate most about the industry, I guess you could say, or business practice, uh, is annual installments for video games. Um, Speaking of Madden. <laughs> Madden, Madden, I think, is a lesser example. Um, Assassin's Creed always comes to mind. Yeah, but they're not having a new one next year. Right. Woo! And this is a franchise that suffered because of this business practice. They were making new fucking Assassin's Creed games every year, and... I don't play through them quickly enough to be able to keep up. I like Assassin's Creed, or I did, 
but I wasn't able to buy the new one and beat it before the next one came out. So, how do you feel about companies doing the uh, taking the Call of Duty route where they have a rotation of different studios working on the same franchise? Because it seemed to work out fairly well for Assassin's Creed for Origins. I mean, that's what Assassin's Creed was doing. Yeah. That's what Call of Duty does. That's Because it makes them a crap ton of money. Well, besides... You know, my not having enough time to get through them. What, what I was going to say, I think the bigger point is the fatigue in general of the series. You get tired of it. People are tired of Madden being the same thing every year. They're tired of Call of Duty doing the same shit it's always done. And so the game sales suffer because of that. So even rotating developers every year or three years isn't going to solve that problem for me. You know, sometimes, like... I think Battlefield does it right. I'm biased, of course. I prefer Battlefield over Call of Duty any day. Oh, yeah. But Battlefield doesn't come out every year. You know, it it gives you time to in, invest in the game and, and really just enjoy it. Before it's like, oh, shit, well, I got the new one coming. So it's 300 hours I put into Battlefield 4 are useless because Battlefield 1 coming out. It doesn't happen. So I wish they would stop. You know, Madden, don't make a new game every year. How about you make a new game every other year and you just update the rosters for the previous game? Because that's a lot of what Madden 19 was this year is roster update. And I hate to say that. Okay. You said you had a question? I do have a question. Out of all the games we played for this podcast, are there any that you've willingly gone back to to play just because you wanted to? Well, uh, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm legitimately considering going back and... Like, replaying Okami. That was when I thought of the question. Yeah. So far, that's about it. (laughs) Like, I considered redoing uh, Mass Effect Andromeda just to play through it as a different play style. Andromeda's a good one. But because you can respec and get all the shit, like, if I want to go out and try a Biotic Run and do a, how did you put it, Jason, a Space Wizard, I don't need to start the game over for that. I can just hop in and do it. Not really. I actually would totally play more Andromeda. If I had it on my PC, mm. the fact that I was playing someone else's copy that I got to borrow. So I was playing on a PS4, which I liked less. And I had to go, my PS4 is in a different room Ugh. and I can't be on my PC at the same time. It's so inconvenient. Damn. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do when I don't have three monitors and it's just one TV. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> so, uh, no, if it was on my PC, I would probably end up actually playing some more. It would be interesting to see how it controlled with keyboard mouse. I mean, I've played Mass Effect on PC, just not Andromeda. Yeah. And it's way better, I think. So, I think that's my answer is I probably would play more Andromeda if I had it on the PC, but I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> but you haven't played anything else. No. I genuinely really, really like Grim Fandango. Mm-hmm. But, as what basically all point-and-click puzzle games suffer from is when you have beaten them... There's really not much more there. You know how the puzzles work. Yeah, it's not like the uh, puzzles are going to reset in a new configuration. You know how to f- go through them. Right. So. Want me to answer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I sometimes do. I've played, I've gone back and played uh, a little bit of Andromeda, but I re- quickly realized why I hated it and I left that one. I do think I'm going to go back and, and finish Okami because I am genuinely interested in what the hell kind of clusterfucks going on at the end of that game uh and i played uh geez what was it two worlds Uh, ride to hell well i had played two worlds before we played it for the podcast um so yeah there's that i mean i'm not opposed to it what's your question my question is what game would you give a perfect 10 out of 10 for so you're asking what is my what you want me to name a perfect game? What in your opinion is a perfect game? So do you want an example or do you just want me to explain what I think a perfect game would be? Like I'm confused. Yes, I would like an example. Okay. okay. I need time to think about this. Makes sense. Oh, sure. No. I have not played a game that is perfect. Full stop. I've played a lot of really good games that I really enjoy. I don't think I've played anything that I would call perfect. Okay. In that case, what would you consider comes closest to perfection? So while you're thinking about it, um, I would have to say Chrono Trigger for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to fap continually on this podcast on why I love Chrono Trigger so much. 
Uh, I could handily say Nino Cooney for the same reason. I won't. I won't go through it. Chrono Trigger, though. I love that game. I love the art style from Akira Toriyama. I thoroughly enjoyed the story, the multiple endings, the characters, the music. I love turn-based RPGs. Oh my god. I love the battle system, how you got the three people and they do the combo moves and it's so fucking good. It's one of the only examples of a game that I can think of that does time travel well enough that it's not bad. Which doesn't sound like that should be perfect, but I really like the way the mechanic works in the game. I think Doom 2016 is damn near perfect. I love that game. Uh, It's fun. It looks incredible. It's part of the reason I really wanted to get a gaming PC, and I was not disappointed. Fuck yeah! Um, Also, it's hard because trying to pick a game that's perfect in 2018, the standards I think are going to be different because I want to say Mario 3 on the NES is, is almost perfection, but if you look at it from you know today's perspective, it's like, oh, well, it looks shitty and it's got some bugs in it and whatever the fuck else you want to say about Mario 3, but maybe back in 1990 or whenever the hell it came out, this game is awesome. And I still think it's awesome. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, Mario game, period. And uh, it's, it's, it's almost perfect. So yeah, Doom and Mario 3 would be my picks. Uh, I think I realized, because I was trying to think of games that I spent a lot of time on or that kind of stuff. I, I guess that, because I was going to say Borderlands 2, just given how much time I've put into it. But... But then you could say Hardline. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, I, but... Uh, I, I really like Borderlands I realize that it's not, it, you know, mentally going through my Steam library. It's actually one that I, I, I can see the uh, 136 minutes I put into the game. Because uh, I reinstalled it when I built my new PC, and that's Portal. It's 136 minutes long, and it's amazing from start to finish. When that game came out, and I played it the first time... It was amazing. And when I replayed it, it was still amazing. I love that game. How do you feel about the second one? It is good. Okay. Obviously, everyone loves the Zany Cave Johnson voiceovers. They add some interesting mechanics, but I don't think it really captures how like Portal was for mm-hmm. me. But it is still a very good game. Fuck yeah, Portal's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's amusing that, yeah... It was the, like, part of the orange box that was just, like, there. Mm-hmm. And then it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the night we bought it, we played it and never stopped until we beat it. Yeah. And Again, it, it was just because we were having so much fun. 136 minutes. You can just sit down and beat the whole game. But it is a great experience from start to finish. All right. All right. So plugs and sign-offs. You can find me on Twitter at 10 rules all and I have a YouTube channel also titled 10 rules all you can find me on Twitter at Jake pray <laughs> let me go through these <laughs> you can find us on Twitter mainly me get at the, the bad game get out the scroll yeah <laughs> <laughs> tweet at the bad game cast I'll respond occasionally I respond to that one guy who's totally not a troll <laughs> Touch dick? Yeah. Oh, you, you, mean, you mean my burner account? Yeah. <laughs> That's a real game. I know. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> tweet at me. I might respond. Uh, well, we got a Facebook page, the Bad Gamecast, that I update, you know, occasionally. Monthly. Mo- Never. Mostly just apologizing because I forget about it. <laughs> so, literally, it would be. Post apologizing and all the episodes I missed. Forget about it for a month. Apologize. Post the episodes that I missed. Who are you apologizing to? How many? Oh no, we get no views on our Facebook page. Cool. Uh, We've got a Reddit account and subreddit, Hmm. so you can go to R the Bad Gamecast and talk about each episode, or you can go and send messages to you the Bad Gamecast. Uh, Jake actually usually deals with that shit yeah i'm on there every day my uh, god making comments i know and friends i'm sure yep yeah and the then you Sonic can subreddit loves us <laughs> what's going on everybody don't they... do it you can send us emails send us questions for us to read on air 
thebadgamecast at gmail.com. Wow, you mean we might pick their question for the Bad Gamecast? We would 100% pick their question over all the other questions that we get from uh, Facebook. They send me a message like every other day telling me I haven't posted. And this one guy who keeps telling me that he can totally host our podcast. Weird. That's nice of him. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Cool. Plugs are over. Plugs are over. So now we're done. Over. For the Bad Gamecast, I've been Jake. And this was Alex. I'm occasionally Jason. Good night, everybody! No, I'm not ending it. We're just going to keep going now. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.